This episode of the 948 Division One show is brought to you by Ryan and Jim of Henderson and Logan Edmondson, and we do appreciate that. They're located at 2101 Highway 64 in Henderson. You can give them a call, 903-987-5858. You can find them online at rawironjimhenderson.com. You can also find them on Facebook. Just type in Rawr and Jim of Henderson. And we've talked before about how at Rawr and Jim of Henderson, it's not just about working out. It's a family atmosphere that they want to know your goals and then they're going to help you try to get to those goals and strive for them and when you achieve them they're going to celebrate with you also logan knows it's not just about working out as he says nutrition is just as important as exercise when it comes to achieving your fitness goals proper nutrition is essential for achieving strength and muscle gains and he backs that up because now at the gym you can buy prepackaged meals they're healthy they're easy and also it's really easy to pay you don't have to have cash you walk in you get the meal you want and you cash app for it. So check out Rar and Jim of Henderson again, located at 2101 Highway 64 in Henderson. Three teams advance. We say goodbye to Athens, and we're here to talk about it. Hello, everybody. Terry Bennett here on the Rar and Jim of Henderson 948 Division One show, right here on S2S Sports, part of L4 Media. As NETSN, Brett will be joining me, Brett Sweeney, as he does each and every week here on the show. And we're going to talk about the four games last week, talk about the uh, three games this week, and our thoughts on that. Now, I do want to say this this is an extra long show because me and Brett started talking Texas Rangers to begin things. Uh, so I will give you a skip right here. So if you want to skip that and just go to the 94A, just skip simply to about 728 uh, in the show. Uh, but, hey, I don't get to talk baseball. Grant is a guy, you know, he, he he celebrates their wins and they watch them when they win, but he doesn't follow baseball religiously. Um, in turn, no, he never played baseball. He follows them kind of like Grant. He roots for them and all, but he doesn't follow them religiously. Uh, and me and my dad are tired of texting each other about it. So it was just nice to me and Brett, and it just kind of happened. So anyway, skip to that if you don't want to hear that. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Brett of NETSN joins me to talk 9-4A Division One and the 4A Division One Region Three games in general. Is your demanding work lifestyle in need of fire-resistant clothing that can keep up? Well, L4FR clothing should be your go-to for quality, affordability, safety, and style. L4FR was founded by a third-generation oil field worker who is also a veteran. Thus, this company has a deep appreciation for reliability and longevity, all while we provide first-rate customer service. Our durable apparel will serve you well for many years to come, whether you're working on a pipeline, a lineman climbing utility poles, or in any other environment requiring fire-resistant apparel. L4FR has you covered. Our apparel is tough enough to resist hazardous conditions while still providing high comfort and style. L4FR provides clothing options to ensure your safety and comfort, whether you're on the job or not. To view our complete inventory of flame-resistant garments, please visit our online store at L4FRclothing.com or give us a call at 817-757-4935. See habla espanol. Terry Bennett back here on the Raw Iron Gym of Henderson 948 Division One football show. It must have at least been a good week for one team because we're still talking here in the playoffs. It actually was a good week for three teams. Uh, before we talk about the three teams that moved on, 
we tip our hats to the Athens Hornets, who had a pretty solid season this year, and they gave Lumberton a good first half, but that Raider offense kind of wore them down in that second half. Yeah, I think uh, Athens was kind of a surprise, at least for a lot of the guys that we talk about every week, and thought Athens had a great season. They made the playoffs in a really tough district, and you know, I thought they may have had a chance to to compete, and they and they did for a little bit. But the uh, Lumberton's tough. I mean, that, that's yeah. a tough one to get round one. I mean, um, they've they've got a game this week, and I, you know, we'll talk about it here in a minute. But I think Lumberton probably advances and, and moves on to the next round, and they'll meet their toughest competition of the season. Yeah, and in fact, you bring up a good point. Since there's three teams from nine four eight Division One in a region that we now have four games, we're just going to talk Region Three the whole way. We'll pick every game as we do. I do want to say this though: um, you and I are actually recording audio, but we can see each other because we're using our uh, restreams. And a, that's a very fine hat you have, sir. Oh, yeah, it's a nice hat. What about my shirt? Oh, oh, I like shirt. that. Look, look, look what just fell onto the studio, into the studio, though. Look at that. Ooh, that's and, nice. And that is going to stay up forever. I, I bought that to wear, and then I wanted to put it up for the sideline to sideline show so we could show it like I did last night. And then I started I'm like, you know what? I kind of think I'm going to keep that right there and just get me another one, a different style. Anyway, we're talking about Texas Rangers stuff because that's what we do right now. I, I have every day I watch something on you, YouTube that's a repeat of the – of the playoffs. In fact, I actually watched the full uh, game, uh, the Halloween game, because that's when we were recording on sideline to sideline. So I couldn't watch that. I think it was game four. And so I went back and watched that full game. I've, I've, I'm still not, I'm still walking on clouds about that. Uh, you know, I took my kids trick or treating that night and uh, I didn't get to watch it. And with the very last house we were at, I avoided spoilers. And the very last house I was at, the guy like, <laughs> had the had the game on through the window or something and he he yells out the score and I'm like dude spoiler alert man I was gonna watch that so it I still went back and watched it don't oh, yeah. get me wrong but it was uh it was a relaxing watch because I already knew the score at that point I didn't know the ending score obviously but uh I had a fairly good feeling we were gonna win um, at that score so but that yeah every time like I can't get enough of watching those clips. Like Me neither. My favorite clip these days is the uh, the Bregman. Uh, was it the where he says that they never thought they were going to win the West? Yeah. Or, and then, we'll never uh, know. And the Seeger kind of mocks him there at the uh, ceremony at the the uh, parade. Yep. Uh, I thought that was really really cool that he did that. I'm uh, just uh, I just get chills thinking about it because all the years of watching the Rangers and the disappointments and the, oh, the yeah. tough time well, I, and all that. I, I'll tell you Finally, this. I, I couldn't wa I didn't watch game five at first because of that. I, I, I've always said 2011 broke me. Like it really did. It broke me. It's hard. It was hard between 2011 and now outside of the 2020 stars run, because that was so unexpected. And also there was nothing else to watch. It was during COVID. Um, but it's been hard for me to watch Cowboy playoff games. It's been hard to me to watch UT play important games. And yes, they've had a play. They've played a few. It's just been hard because the, that that game six being one out or one strike away twice, it literally broke me. And mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, I will watch up to either they get eliminated. I'll watch up to whenever there's the first elimination game, and then I'm not going to watch. 
I'm just going to, I will go back. I just, I can't do that to myself. And then I'm laying there. And this is, I actually, I thought at first, I, because I stayed, ended up staying up that night watching stuff. I thought I got sick from there, but I realized now I was already getting sick. And I kind of dozed off. And I woke up at about like nine o'clock and I just couldn't help myself. I looked at the score, saw that it was a no hitter, but it was still zero zero. And I literally, my first at bat of that game was Corey Seager's pull ball single. And so I, I feel good that now it was like, it felt like I was the guy that, because I started watching instead well, you, of, you, you watched know. it and you, you, you got the first hit there. Yeah. That's the, what I'm saying. The the, and the way the game went, uh, Terry, it was just like they were playing perfect, mm -hmm. but yet Evaldi was able to get out of every jam. Yep. And every time I did that, I mean, it was stressful, but I was like, man, if he keeps getting out of these jams and they don't clap, if they don't take advantage of this, the Rangers are eventually going to hit the ball. Yep. And so I had a good feeling just because of the way the game was going. Um, but man, that the, the, the one run was great, but then when they put it up and they had a five run lead, it yep. just made that last inning just so much better. Well, it's so it, easier. Well, isn't it funny that of all the, the we all thought the bullpen was going to be an issue. And yeah, we're going to talk nine for a football, but y'all just have to handle deal with this. But it, it all the times in the playoffs, even when they were winning, their bullpen in that ninth inning still tended to make it a little interesting. It was nice that when it finally came down to that one, it was the easiest. It was the easiest inning since probably like I think game. I think game two of Baltimore, the, the bullpen came in and basically shut them down one, two, three. It was nice that there was not even, you know, any stressful parts of that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, man, I just, Chapman and, and LeClerc, they stress me out. Yeah, I mean. Well, that's why I you just, still got to get a closer. I love what LeClerc's done. I love that LeClerc actually, you know, people forget he was the, the young closer phenom going to be back on the 2016 team. I mean, he was on those last playoffs, and, and he's literally the only player that was left that's actually playing. But I, I, that's why you still got to go out and get a Josh Hader, and you, you put LeClerc back in the setup role, and I think you flourish. Anyway, now we're going to talk yeah. 9 4. <laughs> I haven't got to talk. I, I love Grant, but Grant's not the big. I mean, they, he, he celebrated, but he's not the biggest baseball guy. So I don't get to really talk just pure baseball. So it's kind of, we might have to do a Rangers show next year, dude. Sounds good. We'll have to do like a week. You know what? That'd be kind of fun to do a weekly Rangers. I'd love to do it nightly, but I think I'd also get kind of grinded down. But, yeah. but to do That'd like a, a weekly, lot. yeah. 162 games worth of. Mm -hmm. and, and when I was in college doing, uh, going to going to radio television and AM commerce i worked at the ticket in dallas as an intern and that was a lot of what i did was the their, their diamond talk which is their post game show mainly because i got to go out and watch the rangers for free because they did the show live there but anyway all right now let's talk nine four a division one and, and outside of uh athens it was a good week uh lindell you know dispatched a vider 49 to 28 uh, Kilgore dominated Livingston and Livingston's very down this year, 49 to eight. And then Chapel Hill uh, beating LCM, not a shock scoring 35, not a shock, but I was very happy that the Bulldog defense held them to seven points. What were your overall thoughts of these three games? Um, I think they were to be expected. I yeah. think that I just, I just had a good feeling about from what I'd seen from Kilgore, Lindell and Chapel Hill that, um, just the talent they have on the team. I don't think, and no offense to the teams down south, but there's just not the speed and the no. the talent that that these teams are playing against. 
and we'll talk about that here in a minute in in a couple of these games. But I just think that what I saw from Chapel Hill, especially the defensive performance, was what I was impressed with. The offense, yeah, they still had some penalties and they still kind of were. I don't guess it's just not the you know fifty to sixty point. Yeah, output. not clean. That, right, but they but the defense stepped up and. Maybe maybe Corey's little. Uh, I don't know if you got to see Corey's little uh, uh, rant on our show. No, I I didn't. Uh, what was he ranting about? Week. But basically, he called out the Chapel Hill defense. Ooh. He was he, he was like, play like uh, your mama lost fifty pounds, and someone called her fat. <sighs> play like uh, you got a new PS Five for Christmas, and someone stole it. Play like your ex girlfriend keyed your brand new car that you just got. Uh, just basically, he and he he said he said this is how he said it. he said just play pissed off yeah like come out and and they did they I mean they hit him in the mouth I mean I, some of the clips I mean uh, Trevor Brooks and Dayday Ross were all over the field I mean uh, it was it was a pretty impressive performance uh, that's what I got most out of it because if the defense and we've talked about it all year if their defense can play with the athletes they have and and, and sure up some things then they've got a chance to make a long run. And so I think it's gotten better. The main thing that they've got to be careful of, and it got them in Kilgore, is that over the top, letting some letting those receivers get open over the top. So we'll see if if they sure that up. That the run game uh, defense has been better. Um, even against Kilgore, they they didn't let them get big runs, and yeah. the things that got them were the big plays over the top. The top. So we'll see. Um, I mean, and then the Kilgore game, um, you know. Not surprising. Yeah, living. There's not Livingston, much to say about that game. They came in at two and eight. I mean, just they just kind of got in because they had to have a fourth team. Uh, Kilgore dispatched them pretty easy. Now I will say that Lindell and Kilgore have some interesting matchups this week. A little more. We talked about it. I think the last time we had a show, Terry, about the bracket and the way it fell. Yep. Um, and it turns out that. El Campo's not a bad team. They've had some injuries. You've talked about that before, but. Of the of the paths to get to the third round, Chapel has the easier game. Yeah, we talked agree? about that. Yeah, and and, and I think that Chapel Hill's a prohibitive favorite over uh, El Campo. I, if Oliver Miles is one hundred percent healthy, it's a little different. But you know that that's a program that's not only going through a coaching change, but you're talking the extreme of a Chad Worrell offense and defense that on defense is running 10-1, very aggressive. And on offense, grinds you down, you know, kind of. He doesn't really play a slot T wing T, but he uses a lot of those concepts and principles to a Travis Reed Cuero team that's going to spread the ball out and they're going to throw the ball and, and, and they're going to they're going to run it too. But it's just different. And, and El Campo's in the down cycle. And, and uh, you know, that's and we talked about, like I said, we talked about last week that, you know, hey, if, if Chapel Hill, you know, gets past their first opponents, which we thought they would it set up an easier path to the third round for them. And if you look at these games, and let's go ahead and break down this week's games. Uh, and Lindell, real quick, Lindell did exactly we even talked about. We said, hey, if they struggle to stop the slot T, that could become an issue. If they're able to get Vider, you know, off the field, uh, eventually I thought Lindell would wore him down. That's kind of exactly how that game played out. But, all right, let's now go to – I didn't want to – I didn't want let's go Eagle to think we're, we're, we're shortening the Lindell talk. We're about to talk about oh, them yeah, a lot they, right they, here. They were impressive. With, yeah. I think uh, – he may like me this week, Terry. I'm just going to say it right now because I think, you know, there's all the talk about Iowa Colony. I yep. think they're a really good team. They've got a lot of athletes, speed, but they're young. 
this Lindell team has got some senior leadership that their their line play is excellent. Yep. Um, I don't think that Lindell. This is not the toughest team Lindell's faced. I, I think, in my opinion, I think Chapel Hill and Kilgore are both better teams than Iowa Colony. Oh, uh, because who they're playing. I do, I do, and I think, but I think Lindell. I think Kilgore is. I don't know about Chapel Hill. I think y'all are on the same level as uh, Iowa Colony. I mean, as far as as far as what I've seen, I've yeah. seen some film of Iowa Colony a little bit, and and they're good. But have they played anybody? I no, that's a valid. Schedule. That's a valid comment. And they and they haven't. I don't think. I think they're a really good team, but they're young. They don't have. They don't have the uh, senior leadership there. It's a new school. Yeah. I think next year is their year. I, I think next year they're going to bring everybody back, and they're it's, it's be a really good year. Now, where they'll end up as far as we probably five A, five a right? Yeah, they're going to be five A division two. All right, look, we'll start there. Yeah. That's the bottom of the right here. Let me do this real quick. Here's the games this week: yeah. Kilgore ten and one versus Bay City eight and three. At Sheldon uh, ISD Panther Stadium in Houston, 7 p.m. Lumberton 8 and 3 versus Needville 9 and 2, 7 p.m. Thursday at Katie's Legacy Stadium. El Campo 6 and 5 versus Chapel Hill 9 and 2, Friday, 7 p.m. at Springs Planet Ford Stadium. And then Iowa Colony 11 and 0 versus Lindell 7 and 4, Friday at Brian Green's uh, uh, Rudder Stadium. It's where Rudder plays. Well, they both play there, but I always call it Rudder Stadium. All right, so let, we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. All right, okay. here is why Iowa Colony. Uh, is to me still uh, a, a maybe the region favorite or at least close to it. And I totally agree that Lindell can beat them. At this point, this is one of those 50-50 games. But you're right about the senior leadership. They don't have that. They don't have the senior maturity, which is an issue when you're playing a senior-laden team. I, I agree with that too. What Iowa Colony has, and this is we've seen this bear out in other divisions, is they have 5A Division two numbers right now. So that means they have depth. If you're just assuming the average same amount of people that is playing, you know, as, as a 4A Division II school, now extrapolate that out to one more division. If that same percentage, they have depth, and I've seen it, and they're able to do things like on first and third possessions, they have four di different defensive linemen, and on second and five, they sometimes have completely different ones. That is so huge at this point of the game. Um, I, I think that their athleticism is very underrated. Their quarterback is really, really, really good. Uh, I agree about the schedule, but I will point out that, and we could say, well, that's because of who they played in the first round. But, you know, out of 12-4A, every team is still alive. Uh, and so, and yeah, it is because they play the Houston schools, but <laughs> but you go and look inside these these games outside of, all right, so Iowa Colony finished 11-0. and Bay City finished 8-3. and Two of their losses were in district. Needville finished 9-2. and Two of their losses were in district. That is a, that's a pretty standard to me that tells you that these teams were coming in unbeaten or almost unbeaten, and they all played pretty solid schedules. Now, again, I don't think any of them have played a Kilgore, a Lindell, or a Chapel Hill. I totally agree with you, that, and that can, that can be a big factor. I just keep going back to that depth. That depth, I think, is so important. Well, well Lindell's a pretty big school for four division one. They're on the well, top and they're on end, the and, and that was going to be my other thing. They're on the top end. They might actually end up in 5-8. So th that's the other thing I think Lindell has as a benefit. But here's the thing. If Lindell goes 5A Division II, it's going to be – they will immediately become one of the smallest 5A Division II schools. Right. 
Right. Iowa Colony, the way they're projecting, if they go in at 5A Division II, they're right firmly in the middle. So there's still mm-hmm. that advantage. And it's yeah. it, and it can and a lot of that time, that kind of advantage, it might not even play out because it depends on how the game goes. If this yeah. becomes a game where Lindell gets up early and all that, then depth won't matter. But depth does matter to me is if you're going into the third and fourth quarter and you're you're getting into that point where both teams have had 80 snaps and Lindell on defense or on offensive line have all had all 80 snaps. And then you go look over at Iowa Colony and they've got eight guys who've all split those 80 that 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 can be a big thing. Yeah. Well, and, I, yeah, it definitely is. I, I agree with you on that. I, I just think that um, I have faith in coach Crocker and yep. I think he's a great coach. Yep. He, he's come up with some good schemes. I mean, I, I had no, I had no chance. I had, had no idea that Elendale was going to beat Chapel Hill this year. After what Chapel Hill did last year, um, I was just so impressed. They came out, they had a game plan, they stuck to it, and the, they're his team believed in the game plan yep. and were disciplined and, and executed. So I have no, I know they'll have one for this week. Um, not to say that I will call any, well, I just, I just think that Lindell's going to, the last time that they played in Brian, I had this defect from a man KO. It's actually the, the year they won state or they went to state to into in 2020. Oh yeah. With so they've, got, back. they've got good rapport here in the stadium too. So, yeah. you know, and, and, that that could, that it's good. It's good to, uh, as far as the coaches go, they feel good going into the stadium. Well, and, and, and this is a 50, 50 game. I think this is outside. I think this one in Lumberton and Needville are your two really, really close games that could go either way. I think the other ones, I can see a path where Bay city gives Kilgore problems. But I, at the end of the day, I mean, they have a really good quarterback in Estrada. They have a lot of athleticism. Kilgore's bigger. Bay City's not small. Again, when, when I, I, sometimes when we say that, the other, well, we're not small. I didn't say you're small. Kilgore's just bigger. Um, yeah. So I, I still think Kilgore, at the end of the day, is a prohibitive favorite because if it's a shootout, I think Kilgore wins. If it's an offensive shutout, I think. And that's how I always judge who I'm going to pick. If a game mm-hmm. goes a certain way, who who takes the advantage and Kilgore takes advantage on both of those. Uh, but yeah, Lindell, Iowa colony. I think this is a 35 to 28 game, or it could be a 21 to 17 game, but either way, I think it's within one possession. I'm just, I said on the show last night, Iowa colony. And the one thing bad about when you record on Tuesday, those things, man, I could change my mind a thousand times between then and when the actual game starts, I'm still going to go Iowa Colony, but I think it's I think it's an um, a, just a really really fun game this year. Yeah, I do too. I think it's going to be a good one. I just I'm going with Lindell just because I think that they've they've been battle tested this yes. year. And I feel like as the year has gone on, they've gotten better. Um, and and Coach, Coach Crocker's got them playing well at the end of the season. Um, really, the only loss I think that was a really bad one. Not that it was bad, but the Kilgore loss. They kind of got. Spanked pretty good. Well, that was Kugel. Yeah. I mean, that, other than that, as the season's gone, they've gotten better. Well, you can, again, this is where, and this is why we love to do these shows, is you, if they gotten better or who they've played gotten worse. I mean, they give up 42 to Pine Tree. They give up 42 to Van. They give up 59 to Gilmer. They give up 64 to Kilgore. Now, they did hold Chapel Hill to 23, but they also ran their quarterback 245 times, and, and Chapel Hill did some <laughs> Chapel Hill things. So I yeah. could make the case that any time they've played a good offense, they've gotten ravaged. So you yeah. can say, and, and, and we can also point out, well, since, the, I mean, even Palestine scored 49 points. 
Um, yeah. And so I do think that there's a valid concern there that this defense isn't hasn't gotten necessarily better. It's the opponents have gotten a little bit worse on that. And saying that, though, I still think no matter what, this is a one-possession game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good argument. I think that uh, Lindell itself has gotten better. I'm, yeah. Maybe not the, just the defense. I think the defense has improved. But I think overall the team itself, coming into the season – you know, they, they lost a lot on the line. They, they had, yeah, you basically you know, only had Casey Poe. Yeah, that was it. And so they've had a lot of guys fill in and I was impressed with what I saw um, again. And I'm judging them against Chapel Hill because that's a lot of what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good judgment. I mean, you, you go out there and you do what you did against a really good team like that. I think you can compete with our colony. I just think that I think it's going to come down to, if Glendale can execute the game plan that Coach Cochran has, and whether that's the same as what they did against Chapel Hill uh, and Thurman, they can keep Thurman protected because, like you said, he he's had a lot of carries. I don't know how many carries Thurman's had this year, but um, he's kind of hit behind his big boys up front. If he can continue to do that and they can pick up three, four, five yards a carry, yeah, uh, I think they've got a really good chance to win this game. Yeah, I I I. I I agree. Like I said, I'm still going to Iowa calling, but but it's 50, 50. All right. We both feel that Chapel Hill is going to beat El Campo. Uh, and I, I don't, I, I, I think this game, I think coach Reeve and, and if Oliver miles is playing, I think El Campo can keep it early or keep it close early. But as long as Chapel Hill's not turning the ball over, I just don't see El Campo stopping them consistently. Yeah. It's a little Reeve bowl, uh, Terry. Uh, Blake Reeve is one of the coaches That's on right. Chapel Hill staff. That, I so read that. That's right. Son versus dad game. So uh, they'll have some insight on each other. I guess it'd probably advantage to a son because, you know, head coach, he'll know a lot of uh, father's tendencies, of course, because because son's not calling the plays on the other side. That would be, you know, Coach Rio. But um, I think it's going to be really interesting. It's always a cool thing to uh, have a father-son dynamic in the game. Yep. Um, so it'll be a, a cool pregame, postgame, I guess. Somebody will have to celebrate, somebody won't. But uh, either way, I think it's going to be a game that Chapel Hill, maybe it may be first quarter, they kind of just kind of feel each other out, but then they take over and, and they win, I, I would say, for at least two or three touchdowns, if not more than that. I think I just think El Campo's, like you said, they've got a lot of rebuilding. They're a lot of change. When you come in and change that, that to style like that, and especially when it goes from – you know, a, a run the ball, grind you out team until go into the spread. That's a totally different. Well, yeah. Uh, and, you know, for El Campo, the coach before them was a run and grind team. In fact, that was why the Warrell hiring was always kind of like, uh, okay, because I, I thought y'all were legitimately going, hey, we want to change things up. And, and they did only in formations and they still did the same thing. So this is literally the first time. That this El Campo team is truly like, hey, we're throwing the ball. Uh, and I just think that they're just down talent-wise, too. And El Campo is one of those towns, and and I, I love doing a show there with Coach Wall, and, and we have a couple of listeners that l listen to everything we do and absolutely love them, but they'll agree with us, too. El Campo is one of those towns that they think their football program is better historically than it actually has been. Um, because yeah, they've made some state runs and, and on the last one, when they got beat, I think it was Kilgore that beat them, uh, 2012 or whatever. But in between that, they tend to get beat in the second round. I mean, consistently, like they've only made the quarters like 
eight times, and the last one was 2012. So again, that's just it's one of those things that sometimes sometimes some of these towns think they're just a, a little bit better historically than they really are. But now I want to move to a game that I think is going to be fun, 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 and that's Lumberton eight and three versus Needville nine and two Thursday again. Katie Legacy Stadium. You're getting. Two offenses that can score, but they do it in different ways. With Lumberton, it's all about Lucas Powell, one of the most exciting quarterbacks. Uh, with Needville, it's all about their run game. Keelan Sweeney's a really good quarterback for them. I, I don't want to bury that, but at the end of the day, Deshaun Burton, who is setting you know records all over the place in 4A Division One this year, uh, this is going to be an exciting game. Yeah, so I got to see Lumberton last year. Uh, mm-hmm. They actually had Chapel Hill on the ropes uh, in the first half. Um, but then uh, Chapel Hill was able to come back. But, yes, you're right. Their quarterback was impressive. Powell, he he, he led the charge last year. He'll have a year under his belt. Um, I I like Lumberton in this game, uh, Terry. I'm, gonna, I'm taking, taking Lumberton. Um, and it may be a – it may be a, I, I feel like a, a sad day uh, for District 12. I, I – I feel like that they all may be out after round two, after a good first round. Yeah, and again, part of their first round is because they play the Houston ISD schools. But, yeah, at the end of the day, Lumberton just, I think, plays defense a little bit better. Uh, Needville on the year, even in their wins, uh, they they gave up 35 to Stafford in a win, 42 to Navasota in a win, 50 to Bay City in a loss, 49 to Iowa Colony in a loss, but they scored 45. Uh, Back in 2019, you know, them and – Land passes played a 66 to 44 game and Grant was there and Grant was just so frustrated with that game because he likes scoring, but he's, he's old school. He likes to see, he likes to see them earn it. And, and Needville's kind of like that. Sometimes it feels like their defense is just there to give their running game a, a quick breather and they'll get back on the field. So, and Lumberton just plays better defense. Yeah. I was concerned early when they lost to Nacogdoches. Um, Nacogdoches had a weird season. Yeah, they really uh, did. Started hot and then faded. <laughs> but Lumberton's picked it up as of late. Uh, they've got to made a little run here. Uh, not just think it's going to continue here. And it's going to set up an interesting matchup. Um, and we talk about this other game um, in Kilgore Bay City. I mean, this bracket, you've got Lumberton, which they were, they've been ranked off and on throughout. The, I think they started ranked. Yeah, they did. Uh, Bay City and Kilgore are currently ranked. You've got Iowa Colony ranked you have chapel hill that was ranked at one point um i think lindell snuck up there at some point until the kill yeah yeah, crazy um a crazy bracket i mean it's sneaky good to me um you know that the your region two is going to get a lot of with the stephenvilles and the annas and and all those guys up there but this region three is tough i i really think it's a it's just there's about two or three teams in this bracket that I think could win it. Well, yeah, and you know, we kind of said it earlier. It, it, like if I if I were to rank the teams left, uh, I would have Kilgore one, Iowa Colony two, Bay City and Chapel Hill at three, uh, and, and Lindell probably two. And I know that's well, you you got three teams, but that's just because the difference after that the drop off is a little bit considerable. Is why, mm-hmm. um, but. Bay City, just by the luck of the draw, gets the best team in the second round. Because if you want to, people need to go look. Here's Bay City's losses on the year. Edna by seven. 
Navasota. That's the odd one because, but Navasota was kind of like Nacogdoches. They would lose some games they shouldn't, and then they beat a couple teams they shouldn't. But that was thirty to twenty-six, and then they lost to Iowa Colony, uh, twenty-eight to twenty-seven. So two of those three losses are very, very good losses. Uh, and th- this this team, when we talk about Alec Estrada, the, the quarterback. Uh, they've got a really big offensive line, uh, but it's it's uneven. Like, it's really big at a couple positions, and it's kind of small at the other one. But they have a really good wide receiver in Zylan Williams, really good linebacker core with Isaiah Gonzalez and James Copeland. And James Copeland's going to have, like, 120 tackles this year, and he's a sophomore. But even as good as those linebackers are, we know what Kilgore likes to do. And they've got the added part this year that, to me, they're more explosive over the top, kind of like those Kilgore teams that were going to state and stuff. Yeah, they can. Uh, Williams can throw the ball. I mean, yeah. he's he was impressive. Uh, dual threat. He can run, throw. Um, I don't know if you saw it, Terry, but I, I I don't know if Kilgore needed any more any more uh, bulletin board material. But did you hear the Bay City coach's comment? No. Did he talk some trash? He talked some trash about the District of Doom. Yeah, he was basically. Uh, saying that they their district was the district of doom, and that I was I was like, oh my goodness, why would you say that? But um, I'm sure uh, it's probably going to make its way to the uh, Kilgore locker room for sure. And uh, yeah, well, uh, you know, I I don't think he's wrong. I mean, you know, again, the district of doom isn't about how necessarily how good the teams are outside the district for me and that's why i've always like when y'all got named the district of doom i was like it's not you know who the three of the four playoff teams are in in the last their district legitimately went into the last week of the season where teams could either be district champs or finish in sixth so i think there's a validity to what he's saying but you're right though when people hear district of doom they think oh that means because that district all the teams can can go win state and with nine four a division one. I think you could make the case that I think Kilgore and Chapel Hill could definitely win state. I think Lindell it would still be kind of a magical run, but I think that they could at least they could make the region. You know, they they could end up out of the region if nothing else if, if things break right for them. Yeah, I just I just thought it was a weird time, um, and and I'm gonna send you the clip and you can watch it later. But I I just. I don't know. I mean, it comes off. I think it was an interview after the game and yeah, their teams all won, but look who their opponent. Was. Exactly. Yeah. Again, the Houston schools. I think that's, that's more of what it is versus, um, you know, then I think they had a fine, fine district, but I think that district of doom may be the district of doomed after uh, this round. I think that, they may lose all four teams. Now, I have uh, them. I have them winning one, but I I have this Bay City Kilgore game being a one possession game. I, this is this is going again. This is why this is a fun region this week. There's a lot of really good games. Um, yeah. I, I do think that again benefit of the just sometimes it's lucky to it's better to be lucky than good. Chapel Hill finishes third and they get the the easier path. Uh, but every other team or every other game, I think in this this re, or region is going to be one possession. Yeah, I think so. I think this is going to be really good. It'll be interesting to see. Um, it, it, Chapel Hill is like, okay, so if you win this one, do you want to see Lindale again and play a close game up up close in the East Texas area? Or do you want to not see Lindale again and play a really good Iowa Colony team and have yeah. to travel? And also so, depends on if, if Iowa Colony wins, do they win? 
you know, 28, 27, or do they win 42 to seven? And then, and I think there might be some confidence issues with Chapel Hill at times. And I think that that might, that would be one of those that I think you've got to go, okay, guys, don't look at the score. You know, we played Lindell four weeks, five weeks ago. Now that's, we're a different team now. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think, and then you look at the other top, you got Kilgore and Kilgore Lumberton game could be a good one. I, 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 I think the Bay city game is going to be tough, but to come off of that one and then have to face Lumberton, I, I don't know. I, that, that's- no, I agree. Lumberton, Lucas Powell, and that quarterback and uh, the head coach, he's in East tech. Well, he, he moved all around cause his dad was a coach, but he ended up graduating in Marshall uh, a couple years after I did. Um, and, you know, he knows the, he knows what he'd be up against with East Texas athleticism. We talked to him during uh, coaching school about mm-hmm. that. And he even admitted like that whole district, understands that the way the region has been the last few years that they tend to get bit in the second district sometimes the third second uh, round sometimes the third depending on the draw uh, but they tend to get bit because as you said they struggle they're southeast texas but it's just a little different they're not they're not silsby southeast texas <laughs> no no silsby's uh they're not bad no they're not, they're not bad, bad. Here at L4 Media, we talk high school football, 4A, 3A, and 2A in Texas. We talk East Texas sports. We talk NFL, guy talk, movie, and booze. We also talk wrestling and so much more. And you can see it all on our YouTube channel at L4 Media Company. Like and subscribe. As always, if you have any questions, thoughts, or comments, to me, to Brett, <laughs> uh, you can put them on Smokey like most of y'all do. Or you can email them to me, Terry at S2Sport.com. If you do put it on Smokey, uh, tag me just so I can see it because I'm just i I'm going through, especially I'm recording this Wednesday afternoon, and uh, I'm, uh, I have so many shows tomorrow to do. I don't get to really stay on Smokey again until probably Friday. I'll get back on consistently. So if you do have a question, just tag me in this show thread because, uh, you know, I put up the one thread each week to put all of our shows in, uh, and I'll, I'll answer it as soon as I can. But, yeah, this is going to be a fun week, and it should be. It's second round of the playoffs. Now, you should get to where you're starting to have some competitive games, and I think in this region especially, you're going to have some of the most competitive games for a full-size region uh, across the state in, in all of 4A, and maybe all of 2, 3A, 2, 3A and 4A that we cover. All right, if you're going to the games this weekend, please be safe. Hope your team wins. Let's uh, meet back together next week and talk about it right here on the Raw and Jim of Henderson 9-4-A Division I football show on S2S Sports, part of L4 Media.